everybody. Welcome to the new media show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, we are coming to you live <laughs> and actually live on a, a, a recording which we have control of. So, uh, yes. welcome to the show, Rob. How are you? I'm doing okay, Todd. Hanging in there. Lots of, lots of travel over the last few weeks. Yeah. I, I, I'm not doing as much as you. But I leave for Honolulu tomorrow morning. But we can talk about that in a minute. But I tell you, the uh, we've been busy. You know, we uh, we're out at uh, Digital Hollywood, and we had a great lineup, great group of panelists—not a panelist, but great group of folks on our new media show. And it's been a week, and we have yet to get the video back. So at some point, yeah. there's going to be a bonus new media show, but. I'm just about done doing live events unless organizers agree to give us the video the very same day. This is just becoming an ongoing issue that I, I'm just, I'm very frustrated about. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no rational reason why it has to be that way. So it's just, you know, doing, doing the little extra work that it takes to get it, to get it out. And I know that there was a couple of issues with other podcasters that did, did their live shows at the event that are struggling to get. Yeah, they're still, they're still, right. st yeah, still waiting, you yeah. know, and uh, it's not good. But we, I mean, it was a great, it was great. It was fantastic. You know, I mean, we had a great session and we had, we had right. uh, the new CEO of Podcast One. We had um, uh, Tyler from, from Warner Media. From Warner Media. Yeah. Uh, and then Kathy Doyle from McMillan. It was fantastic. So for those of you, you know, if you're watching today, any of those guests are watching today, we are, we are waiting to get the, the content. Yeah. It, it know, almost, it, it, it almost feels yeah. like we're not going to get it. So yeah, I, I on, don't know. Yeah. Is it on replay though? I wonder, I haven't gone to look, I've been on the road. So yeah, I, I need to. I, you know, I don't know where to find it. So I guess we'll have to look and see if it's somewhere where I can, where I can score it. So hey, if you're, yeah. on, if you're on uh, Facebook, make sure you say hello. And of course, we're on a, a variety of places today streaming. So uh, anyway, it's, uh, thanks for being here. Yeah, Rob's having challenges with his light. He's, he's got the poltergeist thing going on right now with the light coming from underneath. <laughs> the poltergeist thing, right? Oh, there you're, you go. Your actually yeah. video is froze on my here, side. Here, let me uh, log out and log back in. Okay, again really so yeah. Rob's got to call back in, but yeah, so he he went like. <laughs> so we'll see if you. All right, see if you're live this time. Yes, you're moving. Yes, I'm moving. <laughs> so anyway, um. Everyone Frozen walked. in time. Yeah. So lots have been going on. I mean, just holy cow. It's been been busy. We did yeah. we, we launched a bunch of stuff. And um, uh, well, two things. Our Blueberry Pro Production Service launched and uh really got some good feedback and good response to that. So mm -hmm. it's a dedicated team of people that are that will work with you to produce your podcast and then we our podcast network plugin launch too so wow yeah coming down the end of the year and there's a whole bunch of stuff in the pipeline yet so the devs are cranking and um yeah so what about you guys you guys got stuff going on too or is it just the normal role 
it's mostly the the normal role. I mean, we're working working behind the scenes on Lipson Five, so that's right. that's coming. So it's going to be a big kind of rollout of some improvements. So that's that's what we need to do. So it's awesome. Yeah, we don't call ours Libsyn Five or Blueberry Five. <laughs> We're uh, it just rolls out features. Right? Yeah, we roll out features, and our our UI UX stuff is continuing to roll out. Matter of fact, by the end of the year, PowerPress will be completely transformed, and mm-hmm. and then you know our websites are fast approaching and the UI UX team is working. So we're pretty excited about that, but anyway, um, lots of stuff going on in podcasting space. I don't know where should we even start? (laughs) I know we've been out of the pocket for a while and it's, it's, it's really too bad that that episode from digital Hollywood didn't make it out. Yeah. Um, it was really, really some interesting combinations of perspectives on that program. Yeah. A lot of good. Yeah. Right. A lot of good juicy stuff. I mm-hmm. guess we can start with uh, Acast having launching their own uh, a free version of their service, mm-hmm. and uh, I had to laugh because they called themselves the world's biggest podcast company. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, in their press release they said Acast, the world's biggest podcast company. Wow. Okay, that's, that's a that's a big that's claim. That's a big claim. Yeah, that's a big claim. Big claim. I called them out on Twitter. They didn't respond, of course. So what's the what's what's the metric that they use to say that they were the biggest? That I guess that's the big question. Well, right? they don't call out their metric. They they uh, and here's the funny thing. It's um, I know that they're not biggest by shows. They're not biggest by number of hosting accounts. They're not the biggest by number of downloads. So how can they make a false claim like that, I guess because they join with Pippa and they seem to think that gives them a bigger number than anyone else. I, uh, anyway, I so would I, question that. I guess I'll start putting that in my press releases. Well, you know, with, with what's going on in the medium, it's been going on for a long time is that there, there hasn't been like one central trustable resource to, to talk about scale in this industry, right? We're all like, straight cats running off yeah. different directions, making claims about ourselves without <laughs> any kind of reference to the broader industry. Right. And I think that's, that's a big, I mean, if you look into the future, that's kind of a big problem, right? I mean, if we're not all looking at the, the space in the same way, um, people can make exaggerated claims. And I guess at the end of the day, you know, we're in an era of, you know, facts being a little bit uh, on the uh yeah. on the uh Constru- side, a construed right? side and you know i had seen right. some study that came out and they they listed host biggest hosts by rss feeds and i was like immediately i sent them an email said hey you can't measure host size by rss feed and i got this report, why not and i'm like because you've got us and simple cast and other folks where people are hosting where the RSS feeds on their dot com, and right, you have you have to look at the media file, you know. Right. And I got this, you know, kind of this response back, like, you know, thank you for educating us in the space, but uh, you know, we're going to do it our way. So it right. just, you know, it just shows you yeah. and a, a lack it's of that straight. That's a straight cat syndrome. That I was yeah, l- about. lack really... lack of knowledge too. So um, yeah, you know, yeah. everyone's so fast now to put out facts about what they feel are you know like pre-rolls being more effective than mid-rolls hey, come on right yeah, so right. 
that that's just someone trying to boost their uh you know boost their cpm rates for pre-rolls is what that you know what it sounds like to me so yeah yeah honesty in 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 business is pretty much out the window now <laughs> it's safe to say but i but i will say yeah. that this ongoing theme of right right uh gatekeepers is starting to creep up you know we're seeing a increase of shows being signed exclusively to certain platforms, specifically mm-hmm. Spotify is making a big, big, big push. So, you know, I, it, it does concern me that we have, uh, you know, the haves and the ha you know, it, it, there's always been a certain extent of that, but when you say that there's certain content exclusively only available on Luminary or exclusively only available on Spotify or exclusively only available here. Um, that starts, you know, that I don't think that it's, well, it's a, it's a good strategy for those podcasters because they're getting a big check. I would assume. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's been around the medium for a long time. It's just, I think it's starting to become a little bit more accepted. Um, you know, I've, I, I did a similar deal. I have to be honest. I did a similar deal when I was working at Zoom um, on a on a piece of content um, on a podcast out of the Smodcast uh, network. Paid them to be you know on our platform only and right. just played that game a little bit. I mean, it is a typical game that larger media companies play with content. They think that they can use content as a driver to drive you know growth in their platform. Uh, I do think that. In the long run, and in this particular medium, I think it's not something that's very effective. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, that's what's going to limit this: is that um, the strategy of being everywhere is much better than a strategy of being in just one place. Yeah. Um, you know, the podcaster um, is is not going to benefit in the long run from e- exclusivity because that's just not how audiences are built in this medium. Now, granted, things could change on that. I mean. That has been the case with other other media um, that that there has been models built um, on that principle, but the internet really broke that. You know, so in some ways we're kind of going against what the power of the internet is um, by by doing this exclusive stuff. And and I, you know, and it may Todd just be just a short window of time that we see this bump up in in activity like this as the world finds out that it really doesn't work that well. And of course. Luminaries didn't reduce the price for three ninety nine or something like that for Black Friday. It's, it's indication right. that maybe they're, you know, right. it's everyone's running Black Friday stuff. Even we are, so maybe it's just a Black Friday special. But you know, they've been in the news a lot recently about mm-hmm. is their model sustainable? Hey, yeah. real quickly, I want to say hello to Rick, Scott, Dimitri, that and Jeremy that are in uh, that said hello in the Facebook. Thanks for being online and watching today. Yeah. So thanks yeah, for joining us. Yeah. So you know, I just I, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see where this uh, ultimately goes. Um. You know, Mike and I were talking. I, I had a three-hour car drive back from Columbus this week, and we're talking about podcasters themselves and what we continue to see. And I'm just, you know, he's just like the, you know, the bar at this point to entry is nothing. So the you know, we see everybody jumping in and, and the people needing an incredible amount of handholding. I mean, an incredible amount mm-hmm. of handholding. And, um, 
that, um, you know, I, it, it is what it is. Well, and that's, what's driving this, this trend that we're seeing around simplification, right. Yeah. Um, of, of, of publishing. But I think we all know, Todd, you and I both know that simplification doesn't drive quality content. So, you know, in consistent production of content, it actually, that, that level of challenge, um, tends to produce better content. And, and so I think that there's, uh, granted we want people into come into the medium and, and try it out and see if it's for them. And I think that's what we're seeing happen here is that these free platforms and the simplification, extreme simplification, uh, is, is driving a lot of, uh, people coming in, kick, kicking the tires and podcasting and see if it's for them. Yeah. And so I think that's, that maybe is a, is a benefit in the long run for the medium, uh, as, as easy access is probably a good thing. Um, and then, you know, what typically we're seeing is that those folks grow up and they move on to more professional publishing platforms. And that may be, you know, good for the ecosystem. I don't know, Todd, are you seeing that as well? Well, I'm also seeing not necessarily, well, I'm, when I'm, well what I'm seeing is, um, I, I believe that, you know, we don't get as many that trickle off those systems. I guess collectively we probably get quite a few. I just see what numbers come into us. But I think that, you know, I'm also looking at what's going on with pro hosts, with pro podcasters. And um, there's a lot of people looking for that content and trying to entice them. And and what I'm finding is on pro side is I have have people leaving two or three months and then they figured out the grass wasn't greener on the other side of the fence and the promises that they were promised weren't delivered. And then I'm pulling them back. and you know, so now I'm mean, like on pro accounts. I'm just saying, just deactivate them. Let's just leave it cold until they come back. And if they don't come back yeah. after 90 days, we've lost them. But, you know, I had one that left and came back within three days, you know, right. so it's. Yeah. On the pro side, I think it's a completely different conversation. And what we're seeing right now is platforms are starting to get uh, pretty aggressive going yeah. after shows and offering. Uh, support functions and features and, and even, you know, uh, upfront, um, cash, you know, those things are happening out there. Um, and, and I think we've been talking about this for a long time, Todd, that like, like we're saying is that we're seeing the convergence of these trends around handholding and support that are, that are becoming bigger and bigger issues. And that support goes the full spectrum from getting started to, you know, being successful. And I think, you know, those that are looking to get successful platforms are starting to say, well, we'll, we'll support you with, you know, getting, getting promotion and Spotify and and other places. We'll pay you a a bonus for coming in and getting started with us. We'll give you free hosting. We'll give you, you know, social media support. We'll do all this kind of stuff. Kind of like what networks have been doing for podcasts for a long time. And that was one of the big things that came out at one of my panels at, at the digital Hollywood event. Um, when I talked to all of the folks on the panel before the event was, they think that, um, networks are going to be really, um, really where the future of this medium is. And if you look at, um, beyond that a little bit, it's going to be networks of networks. So what we're going to see is consolidation of networks into bigger networks, um, which means that vertical genres of networks of content are going to combine um, together to create, you know, this network effect. 
And, and along with that is exactly what we're starting to see happen in the medium, uh, where there's like these premium, you know, like, uh, Spreaker prime is a good example, right? Where they're, you know, speakers going out looking for content, uh, and they're offering this, you know, support package and, and, and that's just, you know, what the market is asking for right now. And, and it's difficult for the host platforms to provide that, but it, it just feels like that's the direction that things are going. In the same moment though, is it doesn't guarantee any success whatsoever no, for this additional help this because, success, because, right. it, because then you get so many, then they're still spread is th- they're spread thin, you know, yep. they're supporting how many different shows. So, right. I, you know, I, I'm just at this point, you know, I told, a it was a pretty big, well, it was a podcaster that's getting ready to launch a pretty big name, West coast name. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and I said, you know, you, you've been dangled a carrot out here. Right. And, you know, you need to read the fine print. And, you know, I said, I'm here to advise you. I'm not trying to keep your business. You've, you know, you've obviously found something, but I'm just, well, I, mean, I am trying to advise them. I'm just telling them, you know, read and ask a lot of questions because, you know, when you have a big show and they're, you, you know, they're looking at having a, a bandwidth bill. Um, you know, that scares them sometimes. So it does, right. It, um, but at the same point, they're giving up a lot. And matter of fact, I heard that one network was taking 60% of ad revenue and I'm like, Oh my God. Well, Todd, if you're going to offer those kind of support services and Oh, you have to take that much. Yeah. Right. You know, the cost of of doing it. Yeah. Right. That's the trade-off. You know, if you want to get support, you're going to have to give up some of your, your, your revenue to pay for that, you know? And, but I think that where we are right now is people are just throwing, you know, money at the wall here trying to get scale. Right. Yeah. No, what they're trying to do is they're they're trying to get scale and they're trying to get content. Right. It's all the same, right? I mean, scale and supposedly top quality content, you know, is the same in this medium. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an interesting time in the medium right now. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of, um, experimentation that's still going on this medium i mean that that if you really think about this medium and going back 15 years that's what's grown this medium is all this experimentation people trying different things things work things don't work you know and and what we also laugh at too todd is is how many of these things are tried over and over and over again and right um is there a new outcome you know that's it's like the transcription services right it it feels like we're in a new era with that but i I've been following transcription services for 20 years. It seems like around audio. So, and it's never worked in the past, but it seems like now that that there's a new use for it. Um, and it's on the platform side, but anyway, that's a separate, I lost my train of thought here. There was a, um, what was my train here? Oh my God. Um, I guess it doesn't, it wasn't that important. So, well, it'll come back. To you. Yeah, it'll come back, and it'll come back with a with a fury. But I, I guess we'll just see. We'll see what happens here. And um, but I, I think that uh, anyone that's running any type of show needs to be careful on, you know, making these hasty, yeah. making a hasty decision, yeah. to make a move. And you know, I think the network things we've recognized networks are becoming more powerful, and that's you know that's why we came out. Oh, I was going to say that's why we come out with our 
you know, with our yeah. network plugin and right. uh, getting right. big response on that. So, you know, what I was going to say was, you know, I'm, if you think about production, social, if, you know, if you want help on that side, when we were looking at this as adding this as a business unit at Blueberry, you know, this is not, if you want it done right, this is not a product for everyone because you can't, you know, you're going to have to be serious about doing a show because people's time, professionals, people's time and it is valuable. And when you are, right. when you want to hire a production team, you know, and that's what they're doing with the, with the, the product that we're offering. Um, you know, that's not a product that an average indie podcaster is probably going to be able to afford. Uh, but I think that what our thought was is that when you have individuals that are professionals and are, don't have time and they don't want to edit, they don't want to do all this stuff there, they are willing to pay a premium to have that done, especially by a team that knows what the heck they're doing. So I think that, um, you know, if I look at that from a cost perspective and what we're charging for that versus what people are being promised for free and moving to some of these networks, that's, that's a big, big number every month. Yeah. You know, it could be, it could be a thousand dollars a month worth of, worth of actual time that people are spending on people's shows. Mm-hmm. So those come, you know, if you if you're if you're truly doing it right, let's say you're doing four episodes a month, it's taking you ten hours to get a show out. You know, and the, if you think about what people are being paid today in the space, then let's just use a number twenty five. Let's say twenty five dollars. That's two hundred fifty dollars mm-hmm. an episode for post production help, booking, all this stuff. This is this is not Fiverr stuff where we're using a virtual assistant in some foreign country. This is these are real people working real jobs. Um, right. right. Costs real money. It costs real money. So yeah. where are they getting, where are these networks getting their help? Are they going overseas? Are they, you know, do they have the pockets to, you know, pay for this type of level of post-production support and social media and marketing and all the other things that go along with it? I, that I'm, I'm, well, I'm well, questioning. I mean, Todd, it's a question of, you know, what's the ROI, right? Um, I mean, a lot of, I've worked with uh, a few content creators that have, that are investing, you know, right. they're investing in their show, you know, they're, they're maybe not covering all their costs yeah. from, the, from their, their business model, but they have ambitions that they will, you know? So I think a certain amount of this is, is investment that's being made yeah. by certain content creators that are passionate about their, their genre and what they're trying to pursue with their career or with their personal brand, all this stuff. And, and, and at some point, if it doesn't work, they have to cut back. Right. right, right. And, and this is what I counsel most of the folks that I talk to about this is that, um, you're probably smarter to start off doing everything yourself first yeah. and get off the ground or a little before bit of- you hire. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Before you hire a team, because one of the other things is that if you hire a team right out of the gate, there's going to be large parts of this that you don't, you don't understand. Yeah. And, and when you're trying to manage a team and work with a team, you're not going to be very good at that. So 
And I, I've seen many you know, celebrities, especially that get into this, um, where they, they, they go out and they hire like three or four people to work on different parts of their, their podcast. And at the end of the day, they don't know what the hell's going on. But at the because same, but they've never done it themselves, so they don't understand. But at the same point, those shows won't go. Those shows will never launch. In that same instance, I think a lot of those shows will never get off the ground. Well, if, well, it, if they it, have a good team behind them and it, the the talent is is determined to get it done, uh, it, it 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 usually happens. It's just yeah. a matter of you know when you look long term, yeah. And when problems come up, let's say that they have to change hosts or they have to get with a new advertising agency or something like that. The talent just doesn't know how to get navigate that yeah. because they've never been involved in it before. Yep. And that's a problem. And, and that's usually when they call me and right. it's like, right. And it's like, you know, can you help me with this? Well, that's, and, they call us yeah. too the same thing and you know, and they yeah. don't even know their password, but I think right. A, right. Exactly. a right structured production plan, they will have all that in a, one sheet with all their information, but you know, I don't think a lot of companies provide one sheets of, well, it is, you know, I mean, a lot of them should, I mean, all of them should do that. But the problem is that then you're as a, as a business of a production business, you're giving over control of your account, right? You're saying here client, you know, here's everything that you can take somewhere else. And that's, that's, that's one of the other things that they don't, that these folks don't think about. Is that, you know, once you get going with these production services, yeah. they want to hold on to your business. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they want to and, try to lock you in as much right, as you can. Right, yeah. Right. Well, well, I didn't build that. <laughs> right. That's good. <laughs> so I, I guess we'll see, you know, what happens here. But I think that, um, you know, I'm old school and I really am. And yeah, uh, I am too. Yeah. But I'm also a geek and I also understand this stuff. But to an extent, you know, I had a little problem on Geek News Central over the weekend, a plugin updated. Uh, I had had some custom stuff done and it jacked the page up. So I had to, you know, call the guy that had made the custom changes and said, hey, something broke, mm-hmm. go in and fix this. But, it, but I know, I knew who to call to fix it. And, right. um, so he's going to look at it Monday and we'll, we'll figure out what's going on. But, uh, I, I think that most people just want to set it, forget it and just create content. So. And we have to also consider, you know, that, that lowest common denominator on knowledge level. So, yeah. but it's just, right. not, it's not getting any better. You know, it's the, the, the barrier to entry so low at this point where, you know, that's why we've had to add support people. Yeah. To be frank. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think we are tapping into it. I haven't seen the latest numbers on, um, growth in the medium. I mean, are we. I mean, from a content and a listening perspective, I, I haven't seen latest numbers. But I, I haven't even I, run anything. I've been too buried to even yeah, think about it. Right. But I do, you know, out there in the world, you know, out there, you know, up in Canada, I was up in Canada a few weeks ago at the Vancouver Podcast Festival. I see a lot of excitement, enthusiasm out there for the medium. You know, the days of me telling someone or explaining to someone what a podcast is or yeah, completely over with. I yeah. mean, it's, 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 it's not even a conversation I have anymore. Right. It's more about, you know, what are you listening to? Right. That's the conversation that's happening more and more. And, and it just makes me wonder if, if we are Todd going to have a hockey stick growth in this medium over the next couple of years. We'll see, um, we'll see. But you know, it's, it's interesting though, that we start having to go back and reaffirm. There was a study done according to Edison. Um, 
They say that 54% of podcast listeners listen to independent podcasts every week. Right. I'm not surprised. Uh, no. I bet, you know, uh, hello. It's, yeah. It's, I'm surprised it's not higher, actually. That's what I wonder because I'm looking yeah. at, you know, I'm looking at our numbers. I'm looking at not just this show, but my personal show. And I'm like, I'm, we're completely indie. So. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, we're definitely seeing a huge insurgence of, you know, a lot of big name companies coming in the space that ha have yeah. maybe been here before trying it again. Well, and I think if you look at each individual platform, you look at Lipson or Blueberry or any of these others, I think they tend to cater to a, a, um, a segment of the podcasting medium that maybe skews the numbers one way or the other to some degree. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it just feels like things must be growing faster than ever before right now, but I just haven't seen any numbers on it yet. So yeah. don't forget the podcast movement 2020 and podcast evolutions. Pricing goes up on, goes up on cyber Monday, not down. Mm. So that's an interesting move. Yeah. Have you uh, talked to Dan Todd about, the evolutions conference. I, mean, I have not you talked all set with it, you know, yeah. and I didn't even submit a, a session. Yeah, I didn't either. Actually. I, I heard from Dan about that the last couple of days. So about us too, we didn't submit a session either. Yeah. So. I'm, it, I, you know, he wants advanced sessions and I'm like, what do you, you know, what do you want us to talk about? So, right. Right. I mean, I, I did mention to Dan about doing, you know, the show live down there again. Um, yeah. So hopefully we can, we can do that yeah. up on stage. That'd be nice. And, yeah. And if he has a, you know, a, a, a live stage like he did, um, in Orlando, that would be fantastic. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be there as well as Dave Jackson. So it's just going to be Dave Jackson and I. Yeah. Conference. I don't know how many I'm taking yet. I haven't decided. Uh, yeah. I thought I was maybe just take one, but maybe I'll end up taking two. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, probably going to be a thousand people my guess or maybe a little less yeah. would be my 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 speculation so what do you think about uh, spotify launching daily podcast where there's a a logarithmically driven podcast discovery playlist that promised an easy way to discover new shows have you played with Sp I, you know i don't play with spotify no, I that much yeah i haven't actually played with it is anyone that's so, listening today do they use spotify are you getting a you know, are you, are you actually testing the, their new playlist feature? Oh, Rob disconnected. I uh, lost you yeah. there for a second. Yeah. I know I had a, a bandwidth freeze. So, so, okay. The playlist, um, is it full episodes? I, I think so. I think it's just yeah. some sort of curated playlist. Yeah. And I, the question I was wondering is this is it weighted is it going to be weighted heavily or more with their exclusive shows and or is it going to be equally weighted across their entire network when i don't know so yeah i did something similar to this on on when i was working at spreaker on the spreaker uh, listening app you know we we had separate channels by genre right um that would be updated automatically uh based on the publishing of new episodes. Yeah. So it would, you know, it would be weighted towards individual programs 
based on the prioritization of um of of the of you know the quality of content how frequently it was updated all this kind of stuff so yeah. you know if you click in and played it it would play uh like it was a radio station right right so i mean i i you know there's a place for this i mean i think you know and this kind of plays into the other story that came out this this past week about subscription data and then also is is podcasting uh replacing radio i thought there was a little bit of an interesting um, article on that. This so, is all off of Pod News, if you want. So, what was the go, what go was the situation on subscription? Well, it looks like that uh, you know that the U.S. Uh, is dominating the the world when it comes to podcast listening. I mean, I I don't think that that's any big surprise to either one of us or most people listening to this program. But um, but it does show some trends around people. Um, subscribing. Th- th- this is data off of Pocket Cast. Um, so, like in the UK, um, uh, people listen to about 38% um, uh, content coming out of the UK, and the rest of it's coming out of the the US. Mm. You know. So, and then in Australia, it's, people are listening to 21% of content coming out of Australia. You know, that's content that's published in Australia. Yeah. And then, um, and it looks like, um, um, looks like in, in North America, about 91% of all subscribed to podcasts are, um, are coming from the, the U S and about 9% coming out of the UK. So you, you're seeing this imbalance of consumption of, uh, podcasts on, in other countries that are not being consumed in the U S, um, but but the U.S. content is being consumed in all these other countries in a dominant way. So uh, Tom's in the chat room. Tom said it's full episodes. I haven't seen that it's weighted to their shows, but that's an N of one. Well, yeah, I think on the playlist thing with with Spotify, you know, unless you're going to do, you know, some sort of advanced segmenting of the content to play shorter clips from podcasts, that that would be the only thing you could do. And I guess you have to make a decision. And I had to think about this when, when I was working on the speaker channels was um, some podcasts are, you know, like this one is 90 minutes long. Right. Do you want to have this program in a, in a radio like playlist, or are you going to prioritize uh, programs that are shorter, like maybe 15, 20, 30 minutes yeah. in links? You, you can have more turnover of content in the channel. Um, uh, you know, so that's a little bit of the pressure that exists in these linear playback experiences is if you think about radio, radio is like typically programmed in 10 minute pieces, right? Um, with commercials that are in, in, in between, um, or when they, when they program the, the radio station, they typically, um, are constantly changing out segments in the content every 10 minutes to hold people's attention. Uh, and that's kind of it. And, and, if you think about music, music is like every four to five minutes, um, th- there's a new track playing. Yeah. So, so podcasts is, is, is a little bit of a challenge because longer form content means that there's not as much turnover in the content in the linear experience. And that's, that's one of the things that podcasting, um, has a, a little bit of a struggle when it, when it compares itself to the typical listening experience for radio. He goes on to say some of that is supply, not demand for sure. So. Right, right. It's 
how frequently those episodes are being updated. Yep. If they're daily, then you can right. you can have this churn of new content coming into that that linear experience. But if they're coming out weekly, are you going to put weekly podcasts into a into a linear experience? Mm-hmm. You know that which means that that episode's going to play like you know just once a week, and is it going to be in rotation for how long? And you know you're dealing with a lot of complex issues when it comes to the differences between linear experiences and podcasting. So, you know, we're, we're still trying to make the switch to go to pass through over on Spotify, but the challenge we're running right. into is that, um, and you guys have already determined it as so well, is that the, right. Right. there's, you know, I think in our, we had like 1200 shows that were producing M4A. So right. That's a problem it's them. a problem yeah. and they can't take M4A. So, you know, we're having to build a, you know, a transcoder, right? Yep, and and yep. this is going to cause an issue because what it, what's going to happen is is that will show up in our stats as an MP3. So they're going to have a listing for the M4A, and they're going to have a listing for the MP3, which should be completely Spotify. But right. we, you know, we keep telling podcasters, and this is, you know, if you if you're podcasting and you're producing an M4A, and you're on a host that is not on pass through yet with Spotify, Spotify will not. One M4A file will cause an entire program to drop. If they see one right. M4A file in, the, they they'll take the the showdown. Right. So the system because is it, because it breaks their system. It breaks it right. A non 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 play experience. Yeah. Right. right. And then we've got the added confusion because they came back to us and said, "Well, here's you know here's twelve hundred shows, or you know, actually it was more than that. It was like twenty two hundred shows that are, and we're like." Those didn't get submitted through our platform. They came in after you guys made your new system. So, you know, we can't control those right. 2,200 shows that came in direct to you. You can't put those on pass-through because right. I can't do anything about transcoding those because you right. got the ingest. Right, right. You know, yeah. because, you know yeah. here's the secret a lot of people don't know. It was so complicated in the early days of Spotify. We actually had to create a hidden feed right. that just for them, just for them right. to feed their system. Right. And <sighs> I mean, lots, lots of the, lots of hosting platforms had to do it. We, we had to do it when I was with the Spreaker as well. We so, the same thing. so yeah. those hidden feeds, I can, I can, I can re-encode them for a and change the mp3 and their show right. stays online no right. issue right you know but right. those shows that submitted directly through the spotify submission platform there's that is the original feed i can't change anything in that i can't fix it so we've had to right. go back and say listen you know you need to trigger we're telling them what to trigger off of because we can tell if it isn't a we've got the special url i don't even right. want to make it public to say what it is because then people will you know but we've got this special URL that feeds Spotify that's, you know, that's buried. And, yeah. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pain, total pain. Yeah. And the, the whole pass through or caching that Spotify was doing was breaking all the monetization models too. Right. So especially if you're involved in dynamic insertion, which you're rolling out dynamic insertion. So it makes sense that you're going to want to have pass through. And actually you can't rebuild M4A. So you can only do add insertion on MP3. So, you know, we've had some clients come in and sign up for add insertion. I'm like, Hey, you, you can't, you have to go to MP3. Right. You know, and, and they're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, this is just, 
this is the way it is. <laughs> you know, right. I, I can't work around some of the limitations of licensing and other stuff. Right. And, and what, and what all these dynamic insertion engines work with and how they work, you know, I mean, you have to fit within that. There's, I don't know that there's any significant advantage to being M4A actually. I mean, well, some people say a, the quality's better. <laughs> well, okay. Um, yeah. You know, we're listening on these, these little things, right? They're, that quality is probably not even noticeable. So, you know, so I, I don't know. What are you guys, I'm kind of curious though, because I'm excited to look at this numbers too. What are you seeing in deltas now that you guys have went to pass through? So how are the Spotify numbers compared to your IEB process stat? It's, uh, I don't know that I've seen a com direct comparison yet. Um, my speculation would be that it's going to be probably lower because I think we have a, you know, the, the IEB podcast guidelines is different than what Spotify is under. I'm sure because they're under the digital audio. Yeah probably guideline spec, which is slightly different than the podcast guideline spec. I would imagine it's less. Yeah. You know, one thing that is a bit of a concern for me, we've got a whole bunch of new players jumping in this space that are doing measurement and, um, we're getting, I'm feeling every two, three days, I get an email from someone that's running on us running on maybe pod track and running and even on a third measurement system. And they're like, mm -hmm. You know, they come back to me and, or it's in there and they're, you know, I'm being the one that's getting shotgun in the face saying my numbers are higher over here on this system. Of course. And, right. and uh, why aren't, and I'm, because I said, because I'm processing your hosted log file data. This is the, you know, this is the gold standard. You're on it. You're using a redirect. I, you know, there's stuff yeah. that they, you know, so, so now, you know, I've got all these these companies are asking us to implement, um, allow us to run their redirect in our plugin. Right. Right. And I'm basically saying, okay, uh, I need to know number one, what your plan is for IB certification and all these things. What is your uptime? What is, you know, because a redirect can, if you, if a redirect goes down, they don't know that it's the redirect from company B and the first place they come is to me and they say, my, my media is offline. What's, what the hell are you doing? What's wrong? And I'm, right. and I go and look at them like, it's because the company that the third party company that you're using to put a redirect in is offline, you know? So, you know, we're now I'm going to have to start requiring service level agreements on, you know, making sure they maintain uptime, you know, who their person to talk to. So we've got all these people uh, coming into space, which is competition is good. Don't get me wrong. But right. they also don't have, you know, they're not running, uh, you know, 150 million redirects or 200 or 250 million redirects a month through their system. And they have no idea what type of scale that requires and what type of infrastructure, you, you know, our system is set up that um, we've tested it. And at the time I go click and I turn the server off, seven seconds, I'm back online. Seven seconds is, but you know, I, I wanted to keep it under 10 because if I'm off more than 10, how many files are not getting delivered because I had a failure, a hardware failure. And, um, yeah, so lots, probably a lot when you're dealing with, yeah. you know, millions, it's, you have to have this yeah. very, very short window. 
And, you know, one of the companies came back to me and said, oh, you know, our, we get a server notification with an email. And I'm like, okay, so what if you're asleep? It could be hours, you know? So, yeah. you know, we've had to set up multi, you know, I, this the redirect can, ne can never, can yeah. never go yeah. down. So I, you know, I have, right. I have layers of redundancy on the redirect. Right. If the, a nuclear war would almost, I, okay, <laughs> tomorrow we'll have a failure. You know, nothing is perfect. <laughs> tomorrow we'll have a failure i'm talking all this but you know you you just you know i had to have and i said okay you know I, i've thrown all these contingencies out there what happens if you know this data center goes down you know and in you know how fast can i get the a data center on the west coast spun up and what it really is is i've got servers sitting there at idle <laughs> you know that are waiting for a trigger go they're waiting they're waiting right. for a trigger and you know they come up on they come up on full power. So it's, right. uh, and, and, and I ask these questions of these companies and I'm like, no, I, I, I'm not going to put my hosting and my customers at risk by, you know, white labeling your redirect until you can promise me that you're not going to cause problems. So, and, and of course right. then yeah, I get all kinds of hate messages back. But, well, because you're the one that's going to get the support call. Right. I'm the one that's going to get the shotgun to the face. Right. Yeah. Right. And people, you know, and people don't understand that. Well, these new entries don't understand that. So, and then, and then not only that, then we deal, have to deal with, well, my numbers are higher over here than this, you know, then I'm having to go. So I'm just basically telling these clients now. And it's because of PowerPress. I'm just telling these clients now, if you know, if you really want to do a deal with us, something where you want us to white label your redirect, then uh, you're going to have to have something in writing to me that you're going through IB cert. And right. Right. because I, I don't want to play, I don't, I don't want to have to be in defense mode of some, you know, someone that's come new and they've got a new way of counting. You know, so it's, it's a whole, it's, it's all these things I never thought would happen at R. Well, I, I should have expected it, but. <laughs> yeah. What, what can happen will eventually Oh, that's happen. a fact. <laughs> and, and then I'm also telling another guy, I'm saying, hey, there is a redirect limit, you know, depending what's happening on the CDN part, you know, we're luckily that it's just, boom, you're in for our stuff. You don't have to worry. It's a, there's no additional hops, but some of these. Some of these hosting providers are, they're routing their, their, how that media is going to get delivered based on, upon a level of service they have. So there's some providers that send traffic over this server because they're a low end client and the media download is, you know, crawls. And if they're right. a different type of level, it comes in onto a different level of content. So they, they're trying to save costs based upon the well, level of I service. Mean, yeah. I mean, that's a common thing in the, in the world of CDNs, right? It's, um, was it uh, first level bandwidth, you know, second level bandwidth there's, and, and, and that's all based on, you know, uh, response times of the routers yeah. and, yeah. and ha how much bandwidth that you're tapping into and you pay a little higher premium for a faster, a faster router connection and, and, and prioritize traffic. And, and that's, that's a common thing. Oh, you. And I think we've seen some of the hosts, you know, that have have tested. You know, Daniel J. Lewis did that yeah, study, right, yeah. to test on how fast the podcast hosts are, 
And that's what you're seeing happen is that those are cost savings moves by the part of the, of the hosts, uh, is that there, there is a lower um, cost for having a slower network. And so, so, so what yeah. happens is if a person has one, two, three to redirects in their media file already, media right. URL, and they send it over to hosts and they redirect it three more times, the, mm-hmm. the, just the, you, you continue to raise the bar of potential for failure. It just takes and one. L- and, l- and latency, right? Yeah. The response time that your listeners have to get access to the content is, you know, is increased. So, and, you know, I get shot. Which is a delay. Which so is I get, a delay. I get shotgun in the face because someone wants right. to use the brightest, newest widget, but, you know, I have to tell them you have to be patient. Cause I'm right. in long, I'm, you know, I understand you want to try this new widget, but at the same time, I'm trying to protect you as well, because I can't go through this conversation with every client that's got, right. you know, they, so it's, it, yeah. And each of these new companies that starts up right, trying to do something new is, and everybody jumps on board yep. thinking it's cool. Yeah. Um, you don't always know that it's going to work well. And not only that, I don't know their GPDR. I don't know what they're doing with the IP data. All this right. other stuff that goes along right. with, I'm routing traffic through them. Right. So what are they doing with my customers' IP data? Right. You know, it, it really, it's their data. But the, most of the customers don't even probably think about that. Right. You know, they don't have, they don't, they don't ask, you know, they're not, the uh, average Joe podcaster is not asking the new service that they're starting off, are you, G, are you GPDR compliant? Are you CCPA compliant? Are you all these other yeah. things that we have to deal with? And right. are you right. using some sort of IP tracking that comes back to a third-party service and you're not anonymizing? It, it just, it's getting real. It's getting real. It's, there's complications here I thought we would never see. Right. And, it, true. and all the podcaster cares, but make sure my media gets delivered. Make sure that my, when people click play or, or subscribe, the media gets downloaded or whatever. That's all they care about. And when I'm the tool provider, <laughs> I, yeah. I, get, I get blasted being the tool provider and I get blasted being the hosting provider, but sometimes it's not my fault. Yeah, it's not. So, you know, probably, we're probably most of the time it's not your fault. So now we're starting to think about, okay, do we use some sort of pinging service to make sure that those services are online? And if they are, if they go offline in order to protect myself, do I pull their redirect out and then continue to serve their media? You know, so we're looking at that, you know, and that's, you know, what overhead do I have to add? And people wonder, well, okay, why you charge for hosting? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're trying to, you're trying to protect your customers and you're also trying to protect you know, yourself, um, from having just, uh, a crazy amount of support issues. Yeah. Cause but, that costs money as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm whining here, but if you're a new service in the space and you're listening to this show, you need to be thinking about all this stuff. And if you, right. d- if you're not, when you get my email, you're going to say, I have to comply with that. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's yeah. a simple conversation at that point. Yeah. So, you know, there's, you know, there's ways around everything, but you know. Yeah. Yep. I, it's, what it, it is. it's just an, right. it's just an ongoing, interesting time in the space. I, it's just from a 
whole whole multitude of levels. And, you know, I'm also, you know, I hate to um, try to temper anyone. You know, I got a call, real enthusiastic gal, and and um, I'm really excited to be able to work with her. But, you know, she's thinking she's going to grow to 500 shows. And I'm just, I'm like, okay, you've got this many right now. Let's get to 20 and then 25 and 50. And, and you know, yes, we can help you grow. We want you to get to 500. That's, I'm excited that you're thinking that big. Well, it is exciting, but at the same time, you're trying to also, you know, you're, you're answering questions for them that are, you know, a year down the road. And I'm like, you don't have to worry. We're, we can scale. It's, this is what we do. So, yeah. So Todd, did you see the, the, the report that came out from Nielsen talking about the current state of radio is in the question of is podcasting replacing radio? So and, I didn't read it, but I kind of heard a yeah. little bit about it. I mean, it's, it's not a big surprise. I mean, I think, um, I think the data has been showing over the last few years that uh, podcasting has been additive to the audio space, um, not a, necessarily a direct replacement. And I think this continues this trend. I, I think the numbers that I've seen over the last couple of years were you know, like 93% uh, of, of the U.S. market or something like that is still listening to radio uh, on some sort of a frequency basis. I'm not sure if that was weekly or oh, no, monthly. They changed it to monthly. It used to be weekly. And right. they, they changed that number to monthly. Hey, people need to read between the lines on that. Right, which could, could give you an indication that if, if you look at the weekly numbers, it could be a lot lower than what we're saying. Yeah. Um, but it does say, it says 90% of podcast listeners also listen to radio every week. Every week. So, every week. Hmm. But, you know, I think we all have to keep in mind, you know, where most people listen to radio. It's in the car. Um, and that's, you know, that's going to change over time. You know, it's been slow to change because how often do you buy a new car to yeah. get CarPlay or get an Android auto in your vehicle and you start listening to other types of sources of audio. Yeah. Um, you know, this, I think, I think we're seeing a reduction. They're saying that it's not replacing radio because of a 90% number, but I don't, you know, ninety percent. Mm, I mean, that's well. That I, is a that is a pretty high number. It's a really high number, but I'm just okay. So, do you have or anyone that listens to the show that has kids? Right. <laughs> when you know, as soon as they get a smartphone, until just do they listen? They don't listen to the radio no more. I have Apple yeah, Music Family right. Plan. I've got. Right. You know, I've got Spotify, we've got Pandora. So it does kind of fly in the face of, of a little bit of common sense. I mean, if you think about it from a generational perspective, yeah, right. I mean, it doesn't make, it doesn't entirely make sense, but, um, yeah, there's still a lot of cars out there that have the radio in there. True, true, true. And that's, that's probably what we're seeing here. Um, the question that they don't answer in here is how much are they listening to radio? Yeah. Or, and what counts as, a, as listening to radio? So when, when have I recently, when I was in Hawaii, what I turned the radio on for, I'd have ways up and I would see red. 
And I would turn right. the radio on and I would try to figure out if I couldn't squeeze in far enough on ways or figure out what was going on, I would tune the radio on to figure out what a status of a clearing of a wreck was on a highway. Right. That was the only thing I used the radio for. Then I would immediately go back to Bluetooth and continue my podcast listening. So if I, if they asked me, did you listen to radio in the last week? If I was living in Hawaii, I would say, yes, I have, but I listened for, you know, 10 minutes until I got the next traffic update and I bounced out. Now, some people are going to listen to radio more, you know, and I, you know, in my commutes now, nine, 10, 11 minutes when I'm here in Michigan or three minutes when I'm in Columbus, I don't have, I don't listen. It's, it's on Bluetooth. Yeah. I have listened a little bit of Howard Stern. So I'll make a little confession there. I have listened a little of him. So I guess that's radio. I guess it just takes a, uh, you know, listening to radio for just a couple of minutes to count here, right? But I, again, I mean that you're you're listening to very much of it, or or, or even that you're even paying attention. Radio is just playing in the background. You know, they can say if, everything they're going to say, and I remain optimistic that radio is not going anywhere anytime soon. I got a good amount of time left, but right. it's not. Well, I agree with it's that. not. In, yeah. It's not. Totally. I don't believe it's infinite. I, re- I really don't think so, but I don't think podcasts are set up to replace radio yet. There's not enough local, nothing that's consistent. There's no way that someone's going to do morning drive with their podcast five days a week. Right. right. And they're going to have to live stream anyway. They're not going to be doing a podcast. They're going to be doing something live. So... But I think the days of people listening to radio for hours and hours and hours and hours is long over. I go into a dentist's office. I go into, they've got some IP-based thing running. Some, you know, right. uh, it's not even uh, iHeart. It's some jazz station on, yeah. you know, on, on what's that old streaming service called? Uh, like Radio.com or not old, but Radio.com or something like that. It's, it's one of those channels. Or- tune in or something right, like that. Right, 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 right. But I mean, one thing that isn't really talked about here is the, is the difference between radio and podcasting around content. Right. And that's, um, they're counting music streaming station or music radio stations in this number. Right. What we're talking about on podcasting is talk. Right. Right. And, and really, if you're going to compare apples to apples here to talk about adoption, uh, of radio versus podcasting, you need to talk about talk content on radio versus podcasting, not include ra- uh, music in that metric as a comparison with podcasting because well, podcasting isn't about music. Well, if you look at talk, most of it's conservative talk radio, then you got NPR and some others. Right. So it's got a different demographic too. Right. So, but then I think those audiences, I think, continue to grow. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I haven't looked at any. Rush or Hannity or any of those guys and see if their numbers are up or down or, you know, where they're at. Yeah, yeah, I have no clue. You know, yeah, I mean, these, these reports are kind of, it feels like anyway, that they're blending together, um, combinations of content that it's not really an apples to apples comparison. Well, you know, Spotify is very happy that people are listening to more talk than listening to music because it's offset in their music bill for free. Right. It's like giving them a discount and they're, 
Oh, so they, they're getting, and getting disc- people to pay, right? Yeah. To pay a subscription. They have to pay money to these music labels, right? To pay for the music content. So if they can get people listening to less music and more podcasts, they're going to make more money. That's right. It's, 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 that's the game that they're playing right now. And, you know, and it's, it's not because they're altruistic adding podcasts because they think it's a great thing. And not only that, they're able to yeah. run ads and, you know, really kind of, it still, it causes their bill to go down because they're putting revenue on the table right. that they, they don't have to pay for anything for that, you know? So there's uh, not a rev share. Yeah. Spotify was on, brilliant in how, how they set their thing up there. You know, we, we, <laughs> Yeah, the podcasting, you know, and people are very, very, podcasters don't care, right? They don't care where their stuff's being listened to. They're big fans of Spotify, but, you know, Spotify, wow. You know, from my perspective, I look at them like, hmm, (laughs) look what you did here. I, you know, yes, brilliant. But, right, this is, yeah, this is, this is what we're paying for, right? Um, Yeah. as, As a content creator, and this has been the eternal question, right, Todd, of these listening platforms. How do the listening platforms get a benefit from having podcasts? You know, why would they add them? Yeah. Well, now now we're seeing, you know, these platforms have a reason. You know, what's the monetizable reason for Spotify having podcasts? We've just explained it, right? Yeah. In the past, there wasn't one. And if you now look at is. and if you look right. at, uh, you know, Spotify strategy, they're all in, and. Um, so I, what, what's next? What's more? What are they going to bring to the market? You know, other people are going to start figuring this out. And, well, but in well, here, one in, thing it, I hope they don't do is keep, keep paying people like Amy Schumer to produce a podcast. You know, well, or, well, or, you, uh, you know here's the more beautiful, here's the more beautiful right. thing about this. We've just switched a pastor. Well, we're, we're switching. You guys just switched a pastor. Yeah, guess right, guess right, what? You're paying for that bandwidth now. <laughs> You're yeah, that's true. The, the, that's you, know, right. you know, yeah, I was talking to to Rob Walsh about that the other day. It was like, okay, we were on a great deal with Spotify there for a while because they, they, they were hosting all of our content, right? right? Um, we better get in the ad business more if That's we're right. going to you know, doing, doing all the bandwidth for Spotify now, right? Because my bill's yeah. going to go up, whatever percentage it is. Right. And, right. you right. know, and if we're right. not offsetting that, in, if, if our podcast, you know, we're doing it for the podcasters so that the podcasters can monetize their content, change yeah, their ads right. out. And if right. they, if they don't, I'll, I'll, Hey, put me back on pass through. Right. Right. <laughs> now, now folks, listen, you're hearing kind of, you know, a fly on the wall scenario on this topic. Cause we, th- th- this is something that we've been talking about with Spotify for a long time, but it, it isn't something I've talked publicly about <laughs> is this whole bandwidth side. Right. Um, especially as, you know, if you look at the overall numbers of what's happening with Spotify, it's been as high as thirteen percent of our overall downloads. So your me- your media bill is going up thirteen percent. Thirteen percent, right? Totally. <laughs> but it also, you know, as you there's a flip side to this too, right? As you grow your bandwidth consumption, your bill uh, at, on a per gigabyte basis actually goes down. So so you can actually, um, it's what? not necessarily a direct increase right i mean unless you can negotiate your cdn bill right on a, on a regular basis based on your thresholds but, but, that you're hitting in, in but, usage but rob you and i are at a volume level where the yeah. savings we are now getting are incrementally small 
Right, right. I mean, you know, it takes how a, much lower, lower, <laughs> lower between it, you know, down from a penny can you go, right? No, right. it's we're at a point where we have to add petabytes, not terabytes. Right. We have to add petabytes of traffic right. to get right. it incrementally drop in our bandwidth bill. <laughs> it's you know, right. we're we're not at a point where we're saying, oh, we're moving another, uh, you know, eight thousand terabytes. No, it's now, you know, are you it's, moving another couple of petabytes? And if you're moving a couple more petabytes. Then, then we'll then we'll give you a deal. Then right. we'll give you a deal, right? Right, right. <laughs> and you know, I so so the bottom line is, Todd, is we need more Spotify's. Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, whatever. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, you know, more downloads mean more listeners, and that's all it good does. for the space. That keeps, it does. like, you know, and I think we're all <laughs> we're happy to take that bill on in the bigger scheme of things, but it does cause us to change our models a little bit. So I, I as, as it grows. <laughs> so it, it is what it is. And, you know, people hate when I say that in my company, but sometimes it is what it is and you just have to live with it. But, you know, I, it, it does kind of raise an interesting point. I, you know, it took us 10 years to get to this point where our bandwidth bill is where it is. But now because bandwidth has been so commoditized, all of our competition doesn't have to take 10 years to get this pricing, they can almost get our same pricing just, yeah. be, you know, because the CDN business has changed so much. So it makes me laugh because I always used to think, well, it'll take a little, it's going to take a competitor a little bit of time to kept, catch up on pricing because they can't get the same price because of bandwidth. But now they almost can, they can almost get the same yeah. pricing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, we look at where we can save three, $4,000 on API calls and, you know, all the other stuff. That's where I'm now looking at not where the save money on CDN is our process. Are we making an extra ping? Are we doing something that's costing yeah. us money? You know, where can I, where can I optimize yeah. that? <laughs> and, and let's be clear. I mean, we're talking about real money here. We're, oh. we're not talking about, <laughs> you know, tiny bits of money. So. You know, those that think that free hosting is, is, you know, oh, we, we should all do free hosting because, you know, it doesn't. Oh, they don't want you it's talking not about cost anything if you don't have any downloads. Right. Right. Of your content. Yeah. You know, and it, it's funny you dropped off for a second. I think I said the CDN gods are not wanting you to talk about this. So, but it's, it, yeah. it, it also at the same point is. I always tell people you've, you know, you've reached, you know, you've gotten to a certain stage in your company's development when you no longer can do a pay your CDN bill with a credit card. You know that you've got to a point where your credit, your corporate card doesn't cover it anymore <laughs> and you have right. to use a bank transfer to, to pay the <clears throat> CDN bill. Pay your bill every month, right. right. So, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, or send your firstborn. Right? Yeah, I would love to get those points. You know, because, you know, and putting, you know, putting thirty, forty thousand dollars on the credit card and right. getting those, right. you know, those mileage points was fantastic. <laughs> you know, and then the yeah. bank said, well, you're kind of like tapped out right now on your, you know, where you're at. And I'm like, till the scene, can you like bill us every other, every two weeks? Because <laughs> I like those, I like those points we were racking up. Yeah, exactly. Just just raise my credit limit. It's a simple yeah. solution. Right? Yeah, and then the banks are seeing you come in with a with a whack of thirty five thousand, and they're like, you know, you have to tell them, hey, that that's that's going to hit. That's a real, right? Yeah, oh, it's yeah. funny. It's it's funny. It's funny stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, this topic doesn't get talked about very much. No. So, yeah. 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 So it's almost like I'll show you mine if you show me yours type of thing, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, in my background in this stuff too, I mean, it's not like I have any involvement in this at, at Lipson and all, but, you know, I was the CTO for Podcast One for a year yeah. and I was involved in these games. And then uh, prior to that, I owned my own server infrastructure yeah. back before podcasting started. I, I, I had co-located servers and stuff in, in um, data centers. And I had to manage those little bandwidth connections and set up servers and do all that stuff myself. I got out of it in 2006. In 2006. You know, I, I look at Geek yeah. New Central, a new media show, and how the infrastructure that that lives on, that's 300 a month just for me, just for my right. little thing here, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, it's, it's not a lot, but that's my, that's my web bill. That's not my bandwidth bill. That's my web bill. Right. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's actually a fun area really. Yeah, in some it's ways. Fun. I mean, I enjoyed it when, when I was doing it, it was a little frustrating because my, my server infrastructure kept getting compromised back. And that was one of the big reasons I, I, I got out of. Right. Host, hosting other people and and i mean i i was hosting podcasts for other radio shows back before podcasting started and was streaming them live and streaming them on, on demand I, I mean todd you you and i worked together yep. on the tech podcast network yep. to stream off of my infrastructure back yep. then um at the beginning of all this stuff yep. and and so so th- that's why we're both kind of geeks when it comes to this medium yep. and we understand the inner workings of this stuff a lot. And I know you have really kind of dove in even at a deeper level than I have. Oh, over the last few oh no, it's me. I'm just, I ask questions now because it's so deep. I don't understand. I have to ask the, right, right. you know, Angelo and the team. I'm just, you know, it's just like, it's, it's, and I, and it's one of those things too. I'm like, do we have all the keys for the cars? Because we have so many servers. <laughs> I'm like, please tell me that isn't just with one person that there is, if you get hit by a bus, you know, can I still log into these 30 boxes? <laughs> right. Totally. Yeah. You know, stuff like that you have to think about. So, yeah. um, and you Very, know, uh, yeah. basic stuff. And yeah. when you, you know, and you also, when you start subdividing or having to do, um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just growth. You know, every company sees it is when you now have to put in like four or five servers and they're all load balanced and you know, all that stuff too. So I'm, I'm glad. I haven't had to deal with that, but if we'd had to done that in the beginning, we would have never made it. The bill would have been just, whew. yeah. We're lucky yeah. that the prices yeah. have come down on all this stuff. Yeah, because I, I had to build my own my own infrastructure. <laughs> back right. in, you had a rack. You had a the, rack in a the, cage. The early right? days, because there, there were no Lipsons around. I I had to build everything from myself. So yeah. it you was know, like. And when I had, you know, I have to laugh too, because before the podcasting thing, I was running a bulletin board for many years and I, I thought I was big. Well, I was, I was big man on campus. I went to, and I had in, in Mar- when I was living in Maryland, there was an ISP there and, uh, they had all kinds of crazy bandwidth. And I basically, I literally, literally rented a closet. It was, mm-hmm. a, I mean, a broom closet where I could stick some servers and plug and you know i ran this you know 100 foot land cable and i put it in a part of the building that yep. wasn't like you know it was like overflow area for them and i literally had servers in amongst junk and it, it was because i couldn't afford to be in a regular rack right and, right you know no air conditioning in this room i had some fans blowing in there but 
that's how I got it connected to high speed internet. I was big king. I, you know, I was like, woo, I was like, rock. I'd go, I'd go in that closet just to get high speed internet. That was the days of dial up. So yes, we have, right. we have come a long way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my, my, my radio show that I started in 99 that I had online, um, it was basically a, 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 a custom built, um, windows box that was under, uh, under a guy's desk in an office That's funny. In, down in Tacoma, Washington. Well, then when <laughs> that was a, the whole show was on that one box. So it's just, just a PC. So then what happened was, is when we finally yeah. got cable modems right. in the house, of course, right. the, the, the cable providers did not want you running any web servers or nothing. It was like super outlawed. Right. So I had like, like this, I, I took like, two or three days to map all of the IPs for all the, the, the cable providers, admin accounts. I was looking at firewall traffic coming in and building. And I basically made a tunnel. <laughs> they, you know, they probably could see it, but they didn't ever shut me down. But I had web traffic going off of a box that was in my house, serving email, serving, doing it, all this stuff you were not supposed to do. And I firewalled the internet service providers machine. So they couldn't see that machine. <laughs> Now, all they had to do was sample the traffic on that. You know, they could have anywhere. So I just had to be real low key. And they scheduled stuff at like hours where people weren't online for data transfers. And it that run for four or five years like that. So that wasn't that wasn't the podcast stuff. That was other things I was doing before. But now you try to run a server on a, you know, and someone's on your cable modem, you're going to you, that thing's going to get locked so fast your your service will be shut down oh yeah yeah you can't do stuff like that yeah, anymore the, the tools have gotten too good you know yeah totally uh, on their side <laughs> yeah they can they can detect all this stuff yeah right? they can see it but boy I tell you I worked really really hard to make sure that they because I could see those pings they were pinging port 80 you know would come in and I would you know have a, I had a firewall set up so that oh no port 80 doesn't exist for you but it does for everyone else. Now, if they were at home and would have hit ping, ping that machine, they would have seen it. Yeah. So we're really getting geeked out here. We are getting over, over the top geeked out. No question about it. So, so anyway, what's your, uh, are you done traveling? Uh, yeah, until done pretty much until, um, January. Oh, good. <clears throat> I mean, I may be on the East Coast in December, but we'll see on yeah. that. Um, but uh, it looks like January, and then from January, you know, yeah. every month, yeah, until God knows when, right? And it's going to be stuff going on. So I've got CES, the the, the iHeartRadio Awards. The, oh, you, really? I, you, I, yeah, you're going to go yeah. there. Yeah, I am going to go there. What would you think of Fridlin's piece on iHeart? I, that happened a couple of weeks. More well, we haven't been on. <laughs> yeah, since. I've already. Yeah, I've already voted. So I already voted on the voted on their nominations, right? Right, I did. Yeah, yeah I didn't get a get any any input or choice in the in the list in, in the nominations. Right, no, right. <laughs> it was all you know. Pick from this list of yeah eight eight or nine programs for for winning the award. Right. Yep. So here's my, here's my dealio. Um, my schedule's still going to be nuts. So we're going to have to work around and figure out when we're going to do the show. 
Um, I'm flying back um, Black Friday, and I don't get in until the morning of Saturday, uh, the 30th. So if we want to do a show next week, we're going to have to do it on Sunday. We'll have to do oh, it Sunday, okay. December 1st. Yeah. But then That's... again, um, I'm definitely not going to be available the 7th of December. I'm just not. Uh, okay. There's that will be, uh, will not be able, but I should be good the rest of the way through, uh, the, you know, the rest of the year. Um, so I think, and I don't leave for Vegas. Well, I leave for Vegas January 4th for CES, but, uh, we should be able <clears throat> yeah, to. I, yeah. I may not be, I may not be available on the 14th. I'm not sure. Okay. So, so we can play and, around with and, dates a little bit, maybe even right. do one in the week if we have to, but that whole week. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be, uh, uh, on the move quite a little bit. So we'll right. see what happens here, um, over yeah. the next, uh, next month. But that's just, yeah, you know, I, I feel like ping pong ball, Rob. <laughs> oh, I do too. I really, that's, that's, that's what I've felt like here. And it's going to be back doing that again here more so in January and February I, and then what, March. What is, then, I don't even, what, besides CES, what other events are going on in January? I don't think there's. Well, I'm going to be in, be in LA for the iHeartRadio Awards. Oh yeah, um, I'm going to be down there for that, and then um, and I'm the Consumer Electronics Show. That there's going to be panels and things going yeah. on down there as part of the Digital Hollywood, right? Thing. So, and then there's a Podcast Awards dinner that's going on at CES down there as well. Yep, I'll be in so, Vegas for the whole time for CES with the Tech Podcast team. Oh, you are going to be down there. Yeah. Okay. So, awesome. um, okay. Scott Ertz from F5 Live is running the whole, I just have to show up and be talent. It's a beautiful okay. thing. I just arrive and sit down and do my two hours or three hours a day. And I think okay. because of my time cycles, that's all I'm going to do because I'm going to have to work the rest of the time. Right. But, uh, and then in February, boy, February is a busy month. Um, so yeah, there's lots of stuff happening. It's just amazing how much podcast stuff is going on. So you've already booked your, um, uh, your hotel. No, and stuff for CES? I need to do, uh, yeah, for CES. Oh yeah. I booked that in June. <laughs> oh, you did. Yeah. If you don't, okay. if, if you don't, if you're not booked the room now, you're, you're, you know, you're not getting where you want to stay. Okay. So you All better right. book, yeah. you better book to today. Like, like today. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm back downtown again. So, uh, I'm back, oh, in Old Town? I'm back in Old Town. Yep. Fremont Street. So very happy okay. to be down there. And I'm going to try not to use a rental car this time. I'm going to try to do everything on Uber and Lyft. And we'll mm -hmm. see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah, I've done that. And it works pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably stay up there with you. So Yeah. We'll be, see. Be good. We'll see. It's, uh, you know, the D or any of those places down there are good. So. Um, that's where I stayed yeah. last year. I'm saying, I'm saying the, I'm in the, at the plaza again. That's it's right. a, it's just a bed. It is a bed. You know, I spent a lot of time it's there anyway. It's just a bed. You're going to get in there at 10 o'clock face <clears throat> plant and leave at six o'clock in the morning. So right. it is totally. just, just a bed. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll get off in here. Um, Glenn thinks Harinda. Hello. Um, we're talking about the consumer electronics show right now. Oh yeah, Glenn's still doing the the tech uh, Geek New Central show and still doing stuff at CES. And by the way, Rob, Shoko got herself a new EV car. Well, she bought a used one. She bought a 2016 Ford Focus EV. 
Oh. And she went to the DMV. I posted this on Facebook, but I think it's hilarious. She went to the DMV and got a license plate. And I kid you not, it's EV666D. Oh, no. That was a plate she actually was issued. <laughs> EV666D. Uh, she didn't know the you know, the connotations of 666. And um, <clears throat> we all were laughing at it because she sent the picture and everything. And I'm like, do you know what 666 means? <laughs> and, you know, and she's, and she's kind of religious. So she took the plate back and got a different one. But can you imagine <laughs> having gotten a plate EV, sick, evil 666D? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some of, some folks would they love to have. not not offer that that license plate. some folks right. would love to have that plate just for <clears throat> the 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 reaction factor you know but uh <laughs> <laughs> funny. it is funny so all right anyone thank you so much and uh we'll see you back here is it next yeah we'll be back i gotta look we'll be back probably on sunday of next week so if you're back from your turkey day um, on the first on the first yeah because uh, i don't on get it it's just no way that <clears throat> went, uh on the first so we'll see on the first but everyone thanks for being here thanks for being part of the new media show hey we're still doing the sticker exchange so send us a sticker and we'll send you a sticker the address is in the show notes um we've sent out some packages actually i've got some uh a wi- not uh wire wraps for you rob from a podcast in spain oh so, okay um, but uh, yeah, we'll send you some cool stickers, including one that's like this, the new media show sticker. Those were pretty hot. Those went hot at uh, at yeah. the Digital Hollywood. So yep. if we've got some Digital Hollywood folks, make sure you say hello to us as well. Send us an email. I'm Todd at Blueberry.com at, Geeks, at Geek News on Twitter. I'm uh, on Twitter at Rob Greenley. Uh, that's uh, spelled with two E's. And then I can be reached in email, uh, Rob G at Lipson.com and uh, send them on through. So we want to thank you for being part of the uh, our family, our uh, show family, and then uh, we'll be back with you next week, probably on Sunday. Everyone take care. Okay. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Okay. Take care. Bye.